All the lights of London Far behind The thoughts of home Now crowd in my mind Familiar places Been to view I see my home now Soon I'll see you We'll talk to the old folk They're getting on We'll treat them to late nights And sing a few songs Talk out the neighbors Life in the town So much to tell them The days fly See if you can stick it up in the air. Come on. We want to see all those lights in the room swaying from side to side. Come on. Oh, that's the one, Yuri. And if you know the lyrics to this song, which I'm sure a lot of you do, I'd love you to sing along. Because this is my homeland, the place I
Folks, good morning. Welcome to Kyologus Crack. Kicking the show off there with the man himself, Nathan Carter. His new Country's pal of yours, is he? New pal of mine. Yeah. Well, he's been a pal for a while. Yes. But yeah. um, delighted actually that uh, we've got a great whole show lined up here now. Massive we'll show today. In a bit, but, uh, and especially Nathan, coming off the back of the one last week. That was some Twisted show. Sisters. Yeah, we've got a bit of recovery to. There's um, some recovery required, I think. Oh, my goodness. Redemption. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll <laughs> have to get back at them for sure. Um, so yeah, bottom of the hour, about 11.30, we'll have um, uh, Nathan is going to be joining us to talk about um, his upcoming North American tour, and there's going to be a couple of stops in uh, Canada on that tour, so we're looking forward to connecting with him. Hopefully um, hopefully the old uh, telecommunications uh, stuff is all is all lined up. And a uh, special guest in studio today, Kenny. Yes, indeed. Mr. James Maloney. Very pleased Member. to have our Member of Parliament for Lakeshore. Tobico Lakeshore. Yeah. Welcome into the show there, James. How are you doing? I'm excellent, guys. Thanks for having me on the show again. Always no problem at all. No problem. We're delighted to have you. And we've got some, some big news coming uh, coming out of Ottawa. We'll get to that, though. We'll keep people in suspense for a wee while. But it's massive news. You want to be tuned in now. Turn up the radio. <laughs> Turn up the radio. So uh, lots to chat about, too, in terms of uh, sports and Gaelic football and uh this yeah. weekend, we got the uh, Leinster final happening. Got the Leinster final. Ulster final happening. Yeah, Dublin taking on Kildare tomorrow, and of course the Ulster final down taking on Tyrone. And all the chat is back on again about should Dublin have two teams? Ah, uh, no. Million, stop. million and a half people. It'll never happen. It's all silly talk. Never no, happen, I don't know why. You know, maybe they should focus on Kilkenny getting a football team instead of two teams. In there Dublin. you go. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, big. Um, I wonder if this weekend ha- will have any shocks at all, like the one last weekend with Ross Common oh. taking down Galway, Galway. convincingly. Yes, not indeed. By a narrow yeah. margin, convincingly outplayed Galway. Um, of course, in the hurling, Tipperary destroyed Dublin, and Kilkenny's year is it's over. over. It's uh, golfing, t- golfing season. It was like the eighth or ninth of July, and Kilkenny's season. That's early for them. That Waterford is. are through to the uh, last um, eight, I believe. Right. Uh, Mayo, of course, in the football, took down Clare. Donegal beat Meath. Armagh took down Westmeath. Um, Carlo, probably the surprise team of the year, uh, they beat Leitrim. The fairy tale continues fairy for Carlo. Continues. Yeah. And then Monaghan beat Wexford and Tipperary beat Cavan. And so, so today, today the, yeah. Carlo are taking on Monaghan. kind of your lads, right? Well, you have a bit of a you know, connection to Monaghan. Canada split now between our good pal, Mr. Donnelly, yeah. on, and then my brother-in-law, who's from Clonus and Monaghan. So and my sister who was here last week is that's her husband. So I'll have to be cheering on the Monaghan fellas today. All right, and see what happens. They're, they'd be favourites going into this. 
Monaghan after uh, getting knocked out of the Ulster rounds. So yeah, you would expect it. Uh, Carlo have come on, um, have made some great strides, which I would expect Monaghan to come out on top on that one. And um, Armagh will try to stall Tipperary's progress. I don't think. The football I don't think well. they will. Will they? Um, I think. Have to be that one to tip. Tipper good. Yeah, yeah. Tipper handy. So. Um, yeah, and then the Scottish Open is on right now, right. and uh, lots of Irish interest in that. And our man, what is he, 45 now, Porrick Harrington? He is, yeah. He was right up at the top of the leaderboard with a three-shot lead after two rounds of play, but has been a little disastrous and wayward this morning. He was four over when I last saw, yeah. going uh, finishing the 14th. So he slipped back to uh, outside the top ten, uh, yeah. but Paul Dunn is tied for eighth at six under. Harrington is at uh, four or five under right now, so we'll um, keep progress on that. And McDowell's at five under yeah. after finishing right. as well. So that's uh, uh, some of them are coming into good form. Rory yeah, is not is so much though. No, Rory is out second uh, week in a row mm. or tournament in a row anyway to be uh, missed the cut. So that's not uh, that wasn't very good. Ever since he got married, Ken, this is it. You see. Yeah. And they wonder mm-hmm. about men. Huh? I know. What happens to us? <laughs> and uh, just on the women's side, too, I just thought I'd give a, a shout-out to Leona Maguire and Stephanie Meadows. They unfortunately failed to make the cut at the U.S. Women's Open. And so that was uh, a little bit tough to see them coming out. And then speaking of ladies and tournaments, did you see the Wimbledon Ladies Invitational? Yes. <laughs> a Wicklow man. Oh, my goodness. Chris Quinn from Greystones. <laughs> gave a shout out and uh, they challenged him and on he came onto the court if you haven't seen this you have to uh, google the Wimbledon ladies invitational and uh, he's not the smallest man in the world <laughs> and uh, so he came on and of course Wimbledon with its strict clothing policy the ladies quickly ran over to him and slipped a skirt on him <laughs> and a white top and he returned serve he returned fair serve. play to him <laughs> and uh, anyway great laughs uh Clysters was rolling around, <laughs> falling on the ground, laughing. That's a funny so. bit of footage, all right. Very yeah. good, yeah. very good. And uh, in the tennis, uh, that just happened on the way over here, Muguruta. Nice one. Did that at the very, very end. Good. Muguruta, she defeated uh, Venus Williams, um, possibly Venus Williams' uh, last Wimbledon. And uh, Canada, congratulations, are in the quarterfinals of the uh, the Gold Cup there. That's great. Yeah. Now, how long were you practicing that name? The pronunciation. No, it's a handy name. one for me. Huh? Yeah. I'm not good <laughs> at the F of Yeah. Well done. Good stuff. All right. What well have we got lined up here? Up, and then we'll come back with, with uh, bit of James. Bit of Paul Brady here and Gimme Shelter. Oh, lovely.
family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. Ah, yeah, very good. And PJ's looked after us well last week, Mark. Sure did. Pat Quinn was there and uh, making sure everything was going running smoothly. So a big big thank you to uh, all the staff down there for... It'll never be the same, I'd say, will it? I doubt yeah? it. 
we set the bar anyway, that's for oh sure. Oh, my yeah. goodness me. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Anyway, we're off to Ottawa to get the news from Ireland with our man Desmond Devoy. Good morning, Desmond. Good morning, Mark and Ken. You're sounding great this morning. And good morning, folks. Desmond Devoy here with the news from Canada for this, the news from Ireland for this week, rather. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. And here are the top stories that are making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. An Iraqi-born doctor has been charged with the death of her three-year-old son. Omar Omran was stabbed more than 20 times this week, and his mother, Dr. Maha Al-Adhim, 43, has been charged with his death. The Herald reports this week that Al-Adhim was arrested at St. James's Hospital in Dublin on Wednesday morning and detained at the, Gar- at the Garda station in Crumlin. Gardy alleged that she was at the family apartment in Kimmage, South County, Dublin, where her son was attacked on Monday afternoon. Dr. Al-Adhim was found that evening with what were believed to be self-inflicted stab wounds to her side, and she was taken to St. James's Hospital. It was the mother who alerted the emergency services to the tragedy, but in her frantic phone call, she said that her son had had a heart attack. When emergency personnel arrived, they were shocked at the sight they saw, and while they fought to save the boy's life, they were unable to do so. Many members of the Gardaí and medical crews who attended the call took up the offer of counselling after the incident. It is now believed that while paramedics arrived at 6.30pm on Monday, that the attack may have taken place as early as 4pm. A shrine to Omar has seen teddy bears, flowers, candles and balloons left at the gates of the apartment complex where he lived. In entertainment news this morning, crowd surfing is nothing new at rock concerts, but you'd very likely notice a guy in a wheelchair being lifted up and surfing the crowds. Well, that's just what happened to one lucky fan at the Coldplay concert at Crow Park in Dublin last Saturday. And it also caught the attention of the band's lead singer, Chris Martin. Rob O'Baron, a personal trainer, was paralyzed about 12 years ago and now uses a wheelchair, according to CBS News. He had been given the tickets by his family this past Christmas. A fellow fan had fallen on on O'Baron and had apologized, and to make up for it, he and another fan hoisted O'Baron up to get a better view of the stage. While he was up in the air, soaring over 83,000 fans, Martin called for O'Byrne to join him on stage, and Coldplay fans carried O'Byrne over to him. O'Byrne said that it was, quote, a great view up in the air, but he was quite shocked to find himself up in the air. Up on stage, Martin gave O'Byrne a harmonica, and they improvised a duet together. Belfast Telegraph reports that not only was O'Byrne able to keep the harmonica, but that Martin opened up his show with a Cade Milia Falcha, saying that the band had been away from Ireland for far too long. In religion news this morning, while that Coldplay fan found himself in an unusual position, two prominent Irishmen who are used to big crowds are now turning to a different type of stage. The Herald reports this week that former Manchester United player Philip Moe, sorry, I'll try that again, Philip Mulrine, 39, born in Belfast, has become a Catholic priest. Mulrine, who was once a teammate of David Beckham and earned as much as 600,000 euros a year, instead st- stood before Archbishop Augustine Dinola, Dinoia, visiting from the Vatican at St. Saviour's Church, Dominic Street in Dublin this past weekend. Your experience as an athlete has helped you to prepare for this moment. You have known the meaning of working hard to attain a goal, and now the goal is Christ, Dinoia said. Mulrine will now join the chaplaincy team at Newbridge College in County Kildare. Mulrine was posted, was posted by a United scout when he was only 14 years old. He would later play for Norwich City for six years before shorter terms with Cardiff City and Leighton Orient. He also played 27 times for the Northern Ireland international squad 
scoring three goals. He retired from professional football in 2009, where he studied, after which he studied philosophy and theology before entering the Dominican novitiate house in Cork. He follows in the footsteps of another prominent Irishman, former Green Party leader Trevor Sargent. Back in April, Sargent revealed to the Irish Independence Review magazine that he was studying to become a minister in the Church of Ireland. He led the Green Party from 2001 to 2007 and served as a government minister from 2007 to 2011. This week in Irish history, Sean Lamas was born on July 15, 1899. Not only was he a founding member of Fianna Foyle, he fought in the Easter Rising and served as Taoiseach from 1959 to 1966. He was also on the front cover of Time magazine, as was Leo Varadkar earlier this month. On July 15, 1927, Irish revolutionary and Easter Rising participant Countess Markovitz dies. On July 12, 1836, Dr. Barry Edward O'Meara dies. He served as Napoleon's personal physician while he was held captive by the British in St. Helena. On July 12, 1949, Douglas Hyde, Ireland's first president, dies. On July 11, 1921, the Irish War of Independence ends with a truce. On July 10, 1927, Justice Minister Kevin O'Higgins is assassinated by anti-treaty activists while on his way to attend Sunday Mass. On July 9, 1797, Dublin-born orator, statesman, and philosopher Edmund Burke dies. And finally, on July 9, 1959, Galway's Mary Brown becomes the first woman to join the National Police Force and Garda Shikana. And there you go, folks. That was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Traveling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus's year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin, with connections available for more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smart flies Aer Lingus. Check them out online at www.airlingus.com. That's www.airlingus.com. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with a packed show on Keolagus Crack. So until next week, folks, Slango Foil. Man, Desmond, thanks very much for a great report as usual. And as we said off the top, we are in studio here with MP for Etobicoke Lakeshore, James Maloney. James, again, very welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us this morning. And as, you know, great tradition here, right? Yes. The goodies came in. Fair play to Deirdre. She was up early, I'd say, making that bread, was she? It was still warm when it came in here. Uh, She was up early this morning baking, and it's only fair your listeners know that I don't get invited on the show. I have to bribe my way on. So <laughs> Deirdre gets up early and makes sure that happens. Uh, outstanding. Thank you so much, Deirdre. It is, uh, it's always welcome. Treats are always welcome on this show. You get special attention for sure. We thought we'd chat with you first about an important phone call you got just a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Uh, right at the end of June, but just before the long weekend, the candidate long weekend, I received a call from the uh, Prime Minister's office telling me that he was going to be making a stop in Dublin on July the 3rd, and they were asking me if I had some suggestions on where uh, he might visit in Dublin that had some very strong Canadian connections. So I, uh, with Deirdre's help, I have to give Deirdre some credit on this, uh, we put together a, a list of suggestions. Everybody, your listeners all know about Ireland Park here in Toronto, of course. Well, the corresponding departure series is on the Liffey in Dublin. Uh, so we put together a, a, a great briefing note for them on that, and the Prime Minister decided that's where we should go. So, And then a couple of days later, I got a call asking me, well, actually, it was a couple hours later, actually, I think after they read this thing, 
they decided to uh, include me on the trip, which was great because, as you guys know, I'm the uh, deputy chair of the Canada Ireland Parliamentary Friendship Group. So um, it was a pretty special trip for me, and it was uh, I was thrilled to get the call. Let me just say that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, what a what an honor to be able to go back uh, to Ireland with the Prime Minister. And and his actually was he there when he was a young fellow with his dad I think wasn't I he I believe he was yeah I think I remember reading trip, that yeah. yeah and you met the new Taoiseach of Ireland as well so I that's certainly great. did and uh, I I met the last one and the new one all within the span of a couple of months <laughs> that's right um, the uh, but the new Taoiseach uh, he's quite an interesting guy and as you both know and your listeners probably know he's from Waterford so when I told him my name he said oh I have I have uh, an uncle named Maloney in Waterford and of course. Deirdre's family, Eddie's from Waterford. Um, so I'm not sure I'm related to him, but I, I might dig a little bit deeper. So, and it, and it turns out that Eddie's sister, Betty, who lives in Dublin, went to school with the Taoiseach's aunt who introduced them to this Maloney. And the story is, uh, she said, I've seen this Maloney fellow and he's quite handsome, which is why I know the story's true. Um, <laughs> and she wanted to meet him. So that's, that's how it all happened. Now, you know, you just mentioned Eddie. Did he get on the plane as well? Because it wouldn't surprise me if he made it over he, he on that did, same he plane. He did not get on the no, plane, <laughs> I would have liked to if he joined me, but uh, it didn't happen this trip. Ah, oh, gosh, that's great. Um, so you just mentioned there you're also the co-chair of the Canada-Ireland Parliamentary Friendship Group. That's right. And uh, that's that's got to keep you busy up there. How many members in that? We have about 18 members. There's uh, five of us on the executive uh, and then there's 18 or so members who attend the meetings and are participate in the functions and whatnot. But Very it's good. a handful of us. Uh, Seamus O'Regan from, from Newfoundland. All right, of course, are, yeah. Are running it, of course. That's outstanding. Good stuff. Well, we've got uh, some very important news that you're going to deliver on the show but yeah. like everything like uh, some results that we didn't mention early earlier we, we mentioned those in the second half of the show oh so the we'll important uh, results Ken, yeah, yeah all the important like results like the Munster yeah. hurling final last yeah. week yeah yeah. yeah. we'll keep people oh Claire you're going to give it out now yeah. alright okay yeah. sorry Cork <laughs> beat Clare in that one just so you know did they they did yeah oh boy yeah. Yeah. I wasn't uh, sure if you knew that or not okay, I, I, didn't, I, I got up nice and early on Sunday morning to watch that one it was unforgettable it was. Yeah, from <laughs> what I can remember anyway. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good. All right, we'll play a wee bit of music, will we? What have you got All lined right, up here for us? we got a bit of Joe Dolan lined oh, up here. Oh, we danced to Joe last weekend. <laughs> we sure did. Oh, my goodness. Poorly as well. <laughs> All right, give it a go there, Ronan.
right, there we go. Joe Dolan, it's you, it's you, it's you. Right, Kenny, well, listen, we've been talking about this now for quite a while. And uh, nothing better than hearing about it from the horse's mouth. He's taken the uh, Irish country music scene in Ar- like to a whole new level. And uh, he's about to embark on his first North American tour. Two stops in Canada, one on the 9th of September in Kingston at the Grand Theatre and up on September 10th at the Toronto Centre for the Arts. And joining us live now is the man himself, Nathan Carter. Good morning, Nathan. How are you doing? Good morning. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh no, delighted to chat to you. Where are you this? Mo- where are you today, Nathan? I'm actually in Dublin at the minute. Um, I'm playing here tonight at the Ivy Gardens. It's my first time playing here, and um, yeah, just in Soundtrack. So it's, uh, looking forward to tonight's gig. Good man yourself. So I know this is going to be your first tour in North America, but has uh, have you been to Canada before, Nathan? Never, no. This is my first time ever coming, and uh, especially being on tour and uh, uh, bringing uh, our band and uh, the special guest Chloe Agnes with us as well. So I, I can't wait. Fantastic. I um I was looking I was looking at your August schedule, and um, I, I see that you're kind of playing in in kind of the, all the four corners of Ireland at various events, and so I suppose it's it's not all about the big venues for you. Um, I suppose it says a lot about uh, your love for performing because some of the places I come from, three miles from Ballyroan, which you played in very recently, Nathan, you like going to these, uh, r- let's call them rural uh, places to do concerts. <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, whenever I started out about eight, nine years ago, um, the, the rural places are the only places that would take me. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I love going back and uh, I, I love playing out in the country. A lot of the, the country people love this. The, the sort of folk music and the country music I do, so yeah, um, there tends to be a lot of demand out there. Very good. And um, you mentioned earlier Chloe Agnew is joining you uh, on the trip. Have you performed together before, Nathan, or would this be the the first time that we see you guys together? Yeah, we. Um, I did a, a, a TV special for PBS at Christmas, and uh, it's been shown all across um, North America and, and Canada over the last few months. Um, we recorded it in the RTE studios in Dublin, and Chloe was a special guest with us. She did a couple of songs, and we did a couple of duets together, and uh, she's a fantastic singer, and um, obviously yeah. a lot of uh, your listeners uh, will probably know from Celtic Woman. Yeah. And um, so it was it was a great idea to have her on. You know, she knows the American market, and she's uh, filling me in and keeping me right on, on what songs to sing and um, with all her experience. Well, you've, the, you've done a great job kind of marrying yourself up. Um, you've had some incredible performances with other great artists as well. Any in particular, I know you won't be disrespecting anyone, but any in particular that stands out that you've performed with that you really enjoyed? Um, well, I've been lucky enough. I had a TV show here in Ireland last year, and uh, I've just finished recording a new one as well for, uh, later, uh, later this autumn. But uh, I got to perform with people like... Um, Sharon Shannon, Finbar Fiori, yeah. uh, Phil Coulter, Mary Black, um, Daniel O'Donnell. You know, the the, the list has been uh, goes on and on. Um, but I think for me, um, I did a gig in the Three Arena, uh, the point, uh, at the start of this year, and I, I got to sing The Rare Old Times with the legend that is John Sheen, oh, yeah. the fiddle player from the Dubliners, and that was, for me, a very, very special moment. Wow, that's fantastic. So, Nathan, you know, most of our listeners uh, that, that haven't read a bio, but your accent kind of tells a different story. Uh, you grew up in Liverpool. Uh, your parents were from uh, from County Down. 
Um, as you were growing up in Liverpool, where what, where did the influence, uh, where did the musical influence come from? Did it come from your parents or was it other, uh, was something else going on at the time in Liverpool? No, well, funny enough, my mum and dad don't play us thing at all. Um, <laughs> but my nan and my granddad were big fans of uh, folk and country music and they used to take me to the Irish Centre every weekend uh, to see the, the bands play. Um, and I got to see people like Johnny McAvoy and uh, Brennan Shine, a lot of the old show bands from, from Ireland that used to come over to Liverpool. Yeah. And I used to be mesmerised by, you know, especially the accordion players, if there was an accordion player in one of the bands. So I started to learn the accordion then, and I got involved in cultish and traditional Irish music. And that led me to playing Black Hills every year and come to Ireland every summer. And yeah. um, that, that, I got the love for Ireland then, and I got the love for music. And I ended up moving and staying and setting a band, and I've been here ever since. Wonderful. And so, what was the big spark, uh, Nathan? What was the big? Would you say was the big breakout moment? Was there an event that you would point back to to say, okay, this is this is the, it's it's I'm, I've broken through? Would you would you point to one event or one time when you would say that that happened? Um, well, I, I released a, an album uh, with the song Wagon Wheel on. Um, yeah about four years ago, uh, it'd be five years this year, and um, that that went to number one in the Irish charts, which um, hadn't really been seen um, for, since Garth Brooks had released an album six yeah. years previous, um, with a country artist going to number one here in Ireland. So um, it was that, that was kind of the moment where I thought, God, this is, um, there's a lot of people out there buying the, the material, and, and it seemed to be going... Brilliant. well enough to support me and, and it's going on, on as a career for this so that's what I did Wonderful Well Nathan listen we're really looking forward to um, there's great buzz about uh, there's greater buzz about the place here we're, we're looking forward to having you over here in Toronto and in Kingston and um, uh, wish you the very best of luck on the North American tour and uh, you kind of uh, we didn't set this up of course but you mentioned Wagon Wheel being the breakthrough and um, Wagon Wheel is the tune I have lined up here and uh, thank you very much for doing this and uh, we, we look forward to uh, chatting to you hopefully again sometime in the future No problem listen thanks so much for having me on the show and a uh, big load to all the listeners out there and, uh, you never know hopefully we'll see them and we're, we're over there in September uh, yeah. for our full tour and um, hopefully we'll catch up with yourself as well That'll be great Nathan I'd love to do that yeah. Well, listen. Take care. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourself. Day. Take care. Bye bye. Chat to you soon. Bye now. Bye bye. Headed down south to the land of the past. Thumb on my way to North Carolina. Staring up the road, pray to God I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours. I'm picking me up on Cape Dogwood flowers. Yeah, I'm hoping for rallies so I can see my baby tonight. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, in a way you feel. Southbound train Hey, hey, yeah Mama rock me oh. 
was running from the cold up in New England. Was born to be a fiddle in an old time string band. My baby plays a guitar. I pick the banjo now. Oh, the night Kelly Wilders keep forgetting me down. I lost my money playing poker, so I had to believe. I ain't turning back to living that old life no more. Yeah. So like me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Like me, mama, and the way you feel. Hey, hey, yeah, mama, ride me. Yeah, ride me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Ride me, mama, like a southbound train. Hey, West from the Cavalier Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee. We gotta get a move on before the sun. Give a baby coming and if she's the only one. Cause if I die and rally, at least I will be free. So rock me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Rock me, mama, like a southbound train. Hey, hey, yeah, mama, rock me. When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keene family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook, and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 The Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. 
All right, good stuff. And at noon today, down at the Galway Arms, you can watch the Carlo Monaghan game. Take that has to be a first. For that one, huh? has to be a first for Carlo in the box, first, is it? Yeah, it might be a first. And then at 2 o'clock, Tipperary take on Armagh in the other uh, All-Ireland football qualifier. And then tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., down, take on Tyrone in the Ulster Football Championship final. And then that's immediately followed at 11 a.m. Um, by the Dublin Kildare Leinster Football Championship final. That's down at the Galway Arms. Get down there, watch those games now. Back Excellent. in studio here. Back in studio with uh, James Maloney, MP for Etobicoke Lakeshore. And uh, James, one of the important things I think for Ireland-Canada's relationship with Brexit upon everybody is this whole CETA agreement. Give us a little bit of your background on that and how you think it could benefit both countries. Oh, absolutely. And that's that was the uh, one of the main reasons that, you know, that gave rise to this trip. The Prime Minister, we all know the importance of the relationship historically and presently between Canada and Ireland, and the Prime Minister knows that as well. And given the circumstances with Brexit, the relationship between Canada and Ireland may never have been more important because Ireland's going to be the sort of the gateway into Europe now, and with the European Union uh, passing Brexit, it now has to be passed by all the individual parliaments, which we anticipate that it will be, but uh, there's a large amount of trade between the two countries right now, and that's going to grow significantly once uh, CETA gets approved. And look, we don't know what's going to happen with Brexit, but uh, either way, uh, the relationship is really, really important. And it's easy, you know, and I do it myself, it's easy to joke about uh, Canada and Ireland and whatnot, but it is truly, truly an important relationship. Um, the Prime Minister, I found out on the trip, has some Irish blood in him through his mother. We learned when we went to the uh, Epic Museum and um you know he's it's in his genes too so sure. you know it's it's uh, it's an emotional thing for him as well and that's that's why the trip was so important because he was on his way to the G20 and he realizes with uh, the new T-shirt that uh, all of these things put together it was it very important to stop and there was a lot of uh, good discussions that took place while we were there I met a lot of people from uh, the political side, but also from the business community, and everybody recognizes the opportunity there is uh, facing both sides, and people are, are ready to, to get on board. And I'm going to go back, I think, at least once before the end of the year and uh, maybe speak at uh, some of the events that they have going on over there. We had a good meeting, too, with the uh, corresponding group on the other side, the Irish-Canadian Parliamentary Friendship Group. Oh, very good. Yeah, we were able to put that together in one day, and we had eight or nine of them uh, come out to the meeting, and uh, it was very productive, so we're going to have some things going on there. And in the small world scenario, again, one of the senators came in, his name Senator Coughlin from Killarney, right. and he hands me his card, and I'm chatting away with him, and he mentions his daughter had been a lawyer in Toronto. I said, your daughter's name doesn't happen to be Aoife. So certainly it was. She actually worked with me at my firm a number of years ago. Oh, my goodness. And she goodness. came out and worked on my campaign. So uh, you, can never, you can't question yeah. the significance of the ties. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So we will probably need a little drum roll maybe now. Is it time to break this out, the big news that you've put through? You've you set the bar pretty high here, Ken. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Your, list, your listeners must be waiting with bated breath. Tell us. Tell us the news. Well, Share with us now. With this that is very good. background, I mean... The Irish connection in Canada physically, financially, and emotionally runs long and deep. Um, you know, Canada is proud of its multicultural tradition and heritage. Well, the Irish uh, history in Canada goes back to before Canada. 
And one of the things I wanted to do when I got to Ottawa was to make sure that people recognize that because uh, I kind of knew before, but I've, I've come to realize now that the Irish are a little bit modest when it comes to celebrating the importance of the role they've played in the history of our country. Um, so I introduced a motion in Parliament about uh, two months ago seeking to declare March as Irish Heritage Month. And this, this is a port, this is a very serious motion. It's not, it's not, I don't want people to think this is about St. Patrick's Day and everybody wearing green hats and drinking right. green yes, beer. Yeah. I want this to be very clear to people that this is about showing people how important the Irish have uh, been to the building of this country uh, up to, during, and after Confederation and to the present day. So we're going to, we're going to, hopefully have that heard sometime in the fall or spring. We don't have a date yet. I don't anticipate there being any opposition to it. Uh, I think it'll be universally accepted. And one of the things I also want to do as part of this is I want to uh, organize an event in Ottawa, an Irish Day on the Hill. And again, this is going to be to celebrate the importance of the Irish history. It's not, it's not, about, it's not about drinking green beer, although there'll be some mm-hmm. pints consumed, I'm sure. But Well, it's, it's great. And, and as you say, too, it's, it's quite timely because of the past, the history, but right. the potential future, again, now between the two countries with CETA and and everything that's going on, on on that side of it as well. So, And, of course, Canada still is welcoming in our young people, and they become, or they are, some of our brightest young folks, and Without they benefit the Canadian, uh, the Canada in general. So it's uh, it's, it's great. In, in 2016, there was over 2,200... Uh, people who uh, from Ireland who uh, became permanent residents in Canada so and the numbers increasing yeah it's yeah. Inc- it's incredible and and Canada at the recent U2 concert Bono was very complimentary mm-hmm. of course he participated in the 150 celebrations but uh, you know and he thanked Canada for the past on how it welcomed of course Ireland you mentioned Ireland yeah. Park and and all of that the Irish people that came back then but continue to thank for what you're doing today so Canada's is Open armed for uh, open arms for the Irish people coming out here. So yeah, and it's great. Any, Long may I continue. Can, anything I can do to to help, I I will do. So that's great. It's uh, it's part of my genes, and it's very important to me. Well, congratulations! And I was telling my son on the way over about your private members' bill, and he said, "There's a man who deserves an award." <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You have his vote anyway. I'm I'm a big fan of your son. Just for the, <laughs> just <so we're> <laughs> All right, good stuff. Um, will we play a bit of music here before we do the calendar, Kenny? Sure, that good sounds with that? good. All yeah. right, here's, uh, here's Mary Black.
All right, very good. Nice track there, Mary Black. Always good to hear her voice on the show. All right, here's the community calendar of events. It's short, of course, uh, with the summer holidays and people keeping her quiet. But the summer camps are going. Maureen's busy at it. And this week coming up, she's at the Legion Number no. 10 at Pape and O'Connor. August 21st to the 25th, she's at the Museum of Steam and Technology in Hamilton. And then August 28th to September 1st, she's back at Montgomery Inn. The camp, of course, is an introduction to the whole Irish culture of language, singing, dancing, music, uh, crafts and sports. And the camps run from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. And you can get all of that for only $125 for the week. So that is a bargain. You can get in touch with Maureen at 416-446-6993 or send Maureen an email to M. O'Leary 2001 at rogers.com. The fourth annual Eamon O'Loughlin Memorial Golf Gathering is happening on Saturday, September the 16th at Caledon Woods Golf Club. That's up there on Highway 50. It'll be a shotgun start and it's a men's and women's mixed and it's $150 for uh, each golfer and that includes your golf, your cart and your dinner. And if you'd like to sign up, send Paddy Dunn an email at PTD, the number four, at rogers.com. And of course, we're all looking forward to everybody coming out and celebrating the wonderful life that Eamon led. And the Thomas Darcy McGee Summer School is also happening, and it's taking place from August 21st to the 23rd. And that is, um, you can get in touch with the folks there at thomasdarcymcgee.com. That's the summer school down there. And General Don John DeShastelin is uh, one of the key speakers there. So you can check out all the details on our website, SaturdayIrishRadio.com. If you ever want to hear a podcast of the show, you can go on there as well. And if you have an event, send us an email, Ken at SaturdayIrishRadio.com. There you go. Good man yourself. Well, listen, it's uh, 11.56, and um, I think we'll go out here with a tune. Um, Just uh, wanted to, um, last week we talked about, or two weeks ago we talked about um, uh, Tom Freely was uh, in flying form. He's recovering very well, and uh, we'll probably see him down at the Galway Arms at some stage very soon. And we'll go out with a Mayo song here. But um, before we go out with the tune, just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, to James Maloney for coming in. And um, very... To say, um, very proud of you for putting forward that. Um, and I, I know I'm not just speaking for myself personally, but, but the Irish community should be very proud of you for what you've tabled there. That's an incredible motion, and uh, I think it's going to shine a, a very positive light on the, obviously, the Irish in the country. It makes you proud to be Irish in Canada. So congratulations on that. That's fantastic. No, thanks. We have we have every reason to be proud of being Irish in Canada, and this is just going to emphasize it a yeah. little bit more. So yeah. thanks for having me on the show. And as I said, yeah. the, the ties are long and deep so yeah Paul Farkas sent me a note he wanted to also say congratulations now he wasn't specific about what he was congratulating for for you for so I just want to let you know that last week uh, he sent me an email after Hugo's show congratulating myself and Ken on winning the pot of gold right oh, did you oh, congratulations but, but that's what I thought too but but he we didn't win it so uh-huh. for about 30 minutes I was a thousand dollars richer <laughs> or so I thought so um, I just replied to him and said, did he win the pot of gold? But I don't think that's what he's congratulating I, you I for. have a sneaking suspicion I know what Paul's talking about. And we, we, we won't mention it on the air. Let's, let's just we did not win the yeah. pot of gold, just no. so you know. Yeah. But we thought we did for about 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, James. And Aslana uh, Gwiv, folks, we'll, we'll see you next week. I'll go out here with this, uh, with this Mayo song.
barman's calling Time gentlemen please At a dark corner table He seemed ill at ease His face told the story His eyes would betray He said friend Are you going my way An old faded picture He kept in his coat It came with a letter That his mother wrote Taken at Easter 1963 He said everyone's there Except me Mayo will always be home No matter wherever I roam Although we're divided By land and by sea Sure, he talked of the sun and the cloud on sleeve more. Barely a man when he left behind someone who still crosses his mind. He said they're all gone now, there's nobody home. His mother saw 90, she died all alone. The time wasn't in it to bid her goodbye. How it hurt to see this old man. Mayo will always be home No matter wherever I roam Although we're divided by land and by sea Mayo will always be home to me Programming for our Irish community can be heard every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon.